You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. I also have a brain, Sid Talk. <laughs> Was that part of the before the after the show discussion? You telling me that you You're have a brain. You're telling me, essentially, to stop talking so Correct. that I can use what I'm saying in the podcast. Because what you were saying was very relevant to this podcast. <laughs> As if I can't repeat myself, because I can. Alright, so... Ugh. I'm that sure, I'm sure you have repeated yourself in the past. I'm sure these people have heard. There's another one. Please stop talking, and now you repeat yourself a lot. You, you agreed first. If no one knows, someone doesn't know who's listening, we're married to each other. Correct. So, have you ever seen the movie Married to It? No. I haven't either. I've seen Married I'm, to the Mob. Married to It was like Roseanne... No, Roseanne... Bar? No. Rosie O'Donnell. And somebody, and somebody, and somebody, and couples, and it was about like, young marriage and how you... Why would you. I ever see that? It's a movie? You say <laughs> you watch any movie? Not that one. We've got This is 40 sitting over there, which doesn't look any more appealing to me than Married to It. That's Judd Apatow. I know, but how do you know who made it? You don't know. You're being snotty. It's very it's windy outside. Uh-huh. We hear the... All right, so that's the before the after the show discussion. It was more than that, but we're going to go into it in the review. Um, this week... It is Saturday, April the 6th. I think our neighbor bought a motorcycle. I do. <laughs> it's it's uh, Saturday, April the 6th, 2013. This is after the show number 269. Nice, 269. Um, the movie we're looking at this week is Lincoln. It's a 2012 movie released on Blu-ray on the 26th of March, so you can pick this one up now. There's like two versions of it. There's a two-disc version and a four-disc version. We've got the four-disc version. Um, I'll tell you what's on the four discs later. Um, I know it's on one disc. I know it's on two discs. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So it's not rated R, even though I did put down rated R. What is it rated, interestingly enough? My period R is kind of violent at times. It is rated PG-13. Right. Um... And it's from our friends at Disney. It's like a, it was really weird because it had the 20th Century Fox logo at the beginning, and I was not expecting that because it was a. They're all very cross pollinated over there in yeah. Hollywood. So, um, yeah, it's from our friends at Disney, and Sid Talk is going to tell us about the movie Lincoln. Okay, There's a, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Uh, this, this movie is about someone who you might have heard of, obviously. Well, it's about. I'll say the way they described it in the extras. It's the last four months of Abraham Lincoln's life, which included the congressional battle and voting to abolish slavery, in the, like, to put the amendment in the Constitution. So it's that as, a, as the thread over the top. And then you've got just the political uh, sort of telling of how politics were working back then, hints at his personal life. I mean, everyone knows... Well, as we will discuss, not everyone knows a lot of things about Abraham Lincoln, but we all know kind of how it ends. I <laughs> even said to you, yeah. there's really no spoiling <laughs> it up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is. It's more about the, the politics of getting that accomplished in the midst of a civil war and personal conflicts. And a makes me, like it, it hints at, because you can't get every word he's ever written, 
but it gives you a little insight into what might have been a bit of a troubled mind. I think it that's well known. Maybe slightly genius in terms of philosophy and human condition, observing the human condition and, and possibly understanding beyond who he, his place in history at that moment. Now that to me kind of gives a little, the movie gives a glimmer of a little bit of genius in that. I don't know if that's the right word, but it taps me into that more than me thinking most of my life, well, Abraham Lincoln was just this very staunch, very determined um, he had this one thing that we mostly all, two things we know him for, the thing of slavery, that whole package, and then of course being an assassinated president. But this movie explained to me more, like digging around in there, like, it pointed out to me too, like, we're coming, he's, he's the Is this a synopsis? Is- <laughs> okay. I think you've reviewed I'm the movie. Other- if you don't want my synopsises... I don't think that's a synopsis. When it gets need... to the point where you're telling us what, it's what you think about it. Then you need to do it yourself. All right. So uh, let me explain a synopsis Onto to you. the movie. Okay. So for me, <laughs> what, the movie, what the movie did for me, other than like put me in awe constantly of Steven Spielberg and Daniel Day-Lewis, everyone else, everyone, every, every single person, was... It just sort of started poking at my brain about that time in history that I look at as a, as a slide in a slideshow, you know? Oh, here's the American Revolution. Boom. Here's the Civil War. Boom. Here's Abraham Lincoln. There was jo- George Washington back there. And here's the turn of the century. And there's World War One, And there's World War Two, And there's this and that. And you see things as a snapshot, like a bink, like a boom, boom, boom. And I don't think of them as being connected in other things. So this movie reminds me, he's on the tail end. He's not... He's a hundred years past, more than a hundred years past, the people who were writing the Constitution and the, the language was different and the politics were different and America wasn't America. And a hundred years ago from now, plus a, you know, it was 130, 40 years ago that, this, that he was assassinated, that's the difference between what, where he was in time to the, to the birth of our nation, so to speak. And where we are now in relation to him. So, but I always clumped him with all of that. Oh, Revolutionary War, then there's a Civil War, then there's this and that. Like, it all smushed up together. But there's a lot of... And I think that this movie lays it out for me. The portraits of the characters, the politicians, how they looked, how they carried themselves, how they spoke, and his speeches has, like, that moderate thing of, like, really old-school-sounding language, you know... Like the Constitution sounds, and then more of our modern inching up against the 20th century sound of the way we all talk. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I think that is like beautifully made. So, do you love it? Like, it, yes. It, right. Okay. Let me, let me say, it. like, I love Steven Spielberg movies. Uh, and I thought this was exceptionally well made, as usual. But. For me, not really knowing American history that well. I feel there was a lot of... You should really know what these things are. Oh, I had that too. I don't know all the stuff in this Well, well, just let me... I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know, but I'm telling the uh, listeners. So... No, you're telling me. There's a lot of... They just happen to be eavesdropping. There's a lot of... You know, 
they mention things where I'm kind of like, I wish I could just look that up now because I don't know what that is. Right. Like certain documents or things that have passed up. Or sometimes in this movie, they do introduce main characters with a, um, what do you call it, a title card kind of underneath them saying this is, you know, leader of the military on the southern states or whatever. So that kind of helped me a little bit. And if that wasn't there, I'd have been completely lost, to be honest, with who people were. Um, and now there are certain figures in history, in American history, that are real standout figures that history buffs would be like, oh yeah, that guy, that guy, that guy. All that's kind of over my head, like the Tommy Lee Jones character, you know, he's a very... I didn't know who he was either. I went and looked, he's... he's you know, I mean, I'm saying, as an American even, I didn't know who he was. Right. I didn't know the three guys from the Confederate government. Um, I know Ulysses S. Grant was that, and the president, and... That's it. I don't know anything else about him whatsoever. I don't know all that political stuff they were talking about. I didn't know the guys in the congr- in the room that were making the decisions. I didn't know his handler person or his assistant person. None of that. Right, so, so, so there's a lot of assumptions made of the viewer. You're probably an American watching this. You know your history, so we don't have to clobber you over the head with stuff. Like, and We're going to treat you as an intelligent member of the audience. Whereas I feel like I'm not an intelligent member of the audience because I'm not specialized in this subject, so I do need some. I didn't feel that way, even though I but, don't know any of that stuff either. But the uh, what I was getting at, Steven Spielberg's filmmaking, um, it, I didn't feel lost though. As in, th- he puts the story together well enough where you can go, okay, maybe I don't know who that guy is, but I get the gist of. What that where that guy fits within this system and that's enough, right? And that's what I'm saying. It, it that made up for it. I think in the hands of a less skilled filmmaker. So is that a criticism then? If it works out fine, because well, it's a criticism. Well, I'm saying it's a criticism on one half, and then I'm saying as I just said, if it, in the hands of a less skilled filmmaker, I think it would have been messy, and I would have been like, I'm completely lost. I don't get this movie. Um, I don't really like it. But because Spielberg pulls the story together in like a, almost like a simplified way, but because he just hits on the points, really. And the thing I disagree with, well, I don't know if you said this, but they were talking about in the extras and stuff, oh yeah, you get to see a real personal side of Lincoln. I wanted more of that, and I don't, I feel, yeah, you did see him playing with his boy, and you did see him with his wife, but... And I know in the in the past, in any film version of Lincoln, you've never seen that. They just kind of go, here's Lincoln, he's in, he's, he's in the uh, White House. But I wanted a bit more of that, a bit more of the man, rather than that. So I think it was just right, because I don't think personal just means seeing them interact with people outside of politics. What I felt was personal was the slow moments, like when he's sitting with the telegraph dude, the two dudes and him in the room by themselves. That was very close personal, like him explaining that he had read this math math book. And that was that, my favorite scene in the right, whole movie. That's really, oh yeah, it's really good. That's really personal. Well, the, what I liked about that scene a lot was and who, who, he hit, who he is and who they are. Mm-hmm. And you could see on their faces, Abraham Lincoln is giving us some words of wisdom. Like, right. we're sat, like, foot, feet away from him. He's telling us this. And, and he, I could feel that, like, between the, them. Like, almost like Daniel Day-Lewis, because of how he acts, you know, does his job of being an actor. 
he almost puts that whole thing on other people, like so they're kind of a little bit frightened of him. A yeah, little yeah. Bit, you know, I felt all that just from that. But scene. see, to me, that is getting to know the man. And right. when he gets mad and hits his hand on the table, and when he insists in someone's face, and when he goes to the individual people to ask for their votes or explain the vote. That's a personal thing. Like, establishing that his wife had emotional issues and they've had a dead child and that he does have melancholy, that's enough. I get it. I get the whole of his life that way. And we have an older son and we have a younger son and they're troubled. But getting family. on to this part of the story, and I didn't really know his story, I knew about the uh, the act that he got signed and the end The of, amendment? And the, the Constitution. End, yeah, we call it the amendment. And I know about the... that he was the guy responsible for... Well, him and other people. Yeah. Getting rid of slavery. Obviously, I knew that. But I did, what I didn't know was how he went about it. Yeah, me and, either. And, it, and watching it on the screen, it seemed shady. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like very... That's how politics were. I think that's how politics are. Right. And um, it people seemed were... very underhand. It seemed... Uh, obviously, it was for the greater good. And remember the time frame. You were just talking about the Pinkertons earlier. Same time frame. Yeah, it is. So that still, out and about, is... that attitude of, we can strong arm you into doing or what we want. Or buy you, or whatever. Yeah, I think that was common practice. It was absolutely acceptable. And I think it still happens today. And I didn't today. have just... any idea of all of that stuff. So all that part was really intriguing to me. Yeah. I, you know, when the James Spader character was like, go and visit somebody to change their I'll mind. I'll just say right now, until you said Spader, I did not know who it was. You did not know that was James Spader? Nope. And I was thinking the I whole time, like, who's that guy? He's really... I love that guy. He's like, really... <laughs> Something about him, I can't get it. I don't get it. What is, who is it? Who is it? And then you said, and I'm like, that's James Spader. That is exactly James Spader. changed. He has, you, I feel like with James Spader, you've not seen him on the screen for a long time, so he looks kind of a lot different now. Like, I feel like sex no. lies and videotape and... As soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, of course that's who it is, but it just didn't come to my brain. Well, that, but that whole thing was what intrigued me. In fact, that was my favorite part of the movie, um, that part because i was like what the hell is going on this is like i always think it's the government it's like mob kind of stuff. yeah it's like it's like underhanded bullshit going on that's sanctioned by the president and i was like wow sanctioned but distance what we're talking about is the president has his guy who's not his vice president but the secretary of state and then the secretary of state has guys they need to get the votes in the session of Congress to pass the amendment. And what they know is, well, we've got this many guys are definitely going to vote for it, and these guys aren't, and these guys are on the fence. Yeah. Well, go convince them, which means physically go to where they are, in the pub, on, in their yard. On whichever way you where, can win yeah, them. Yeah. Do it. Promise Give them, them money, a job. get them women, I do I think whatever. they're saying we don't, we're not giving them money, ah. but quote-unquote, mm. we're giving them a job, we are promising them whatever, and... He, he's good with that until it gets down to it. And when you're, he's down to needing those very specific ones, his way, his way as portrayed, isn't to make a promise to anyone. He wants to use what he believes, this inspirational, I want to inspire you to make the right choice. And he does that with a couple of them. Very interesting when the people from bribe. Jeff City came into his office, <laughs> yeah. which is where we live. And yeah. it was really interesting because like, these people come into the office and they say, we're from Missouri, Jeff City to be exact. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? what? And then they started talking and the conversation he has with them is really interesting because yeah. he, he makes them think about themselves. Like, Yeah, apparently Missouri was pivotal to some degree. And it Civil was... War. I have to look up. See, that's terrible. 
And but I don't know that. when the Missouri guy gets up and he has yep. to say, he says nay, right? So No, the other one said no. The beanpole guy said yes. He... But there were two. Yes, he did say. Because each Yeah, there were two, two weren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so that was interesting to me, that, that part there. Now, there are a couple of things I'm unclear on. One thing I'm really unclear on, and I don't know if this is just me not knowing American politics, why was the president never in the... Congress. The president doesn't have anything to do with that. And just stood in his room waiting for it to be The president doesn't have anything to do with it because he's the executive branch. Yeah, but your president is in Congress. He he does a speech and stuff. He's in there talking. No, not unless it's a special thing. I mean, I've seen him. I know, but he doesn't have anything to do with what they decide. Right. He doesn't... So he doesn't even go there for anything. He doesn't vote. He's not part of it. That's why they're separate. Say, like our government, they're, they're the, the legis- prime minister comes and right. is part of the house. But right? do you have three separate things of no. your government? No. Okay, we have the executive well, yeah. branch, which is the president. Then you have the legislative branch, which is that. He can't come in, you know, theoretically, he's not supposed to come in there and strong arm everybody. Because if he stands up and gives so a rousing speech and says... So they don't want him in there because of what? It intimidate people, he would... I think he just doesn't belong there. He's not part of that part of the government. In fact, they make a decision. He can veto it. He right. can put it to an end. He can pass something they don't like. It has to go through through few times, but it's not his gig. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, and the other thing, thing is when um, they, that guy was pushing that wheelbarrow with all those human mm-hmm. parts in it. Uh, what was that? What was that about? It's all the soldiers who had to have amputations. Why were they throwing them around the back of that building? What else would you do with it in night in eight nine uh, eighteen ninety? I'd burn them up. Well, uh, I guess they hadn't burned them up yet. I, I, I was at first. Were, I was like, "Why? What?" Is they weren't. They were burying them. Right. They were just arms, weren't they, and legs? Mm-hmm. That's because that's what happens at the hospital. All the soldiers have to get all their. There was like tens of thousands of amputees. Yeah, I got that, but I was just like, it just seemed like, well, they're stood there, and he's putting it there. I don't. Wouldn't they, be a, 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 wouldn't they be a place to put that stuff? Not right next to the building? No. Like in a field it's somewhere? It's 1865. I know, but there's still plenty of places. You wouldn't put it right next to it, like shit where you live. They weren't putting it there. They're burying it. Right, but that involves... And it wasn't exactly a big metropolis or anything where they were. You just didn't notice. It wasn't a big city or anything. There was like the hospital. It was a smaller kind of a town and in the background was a big field and stuff. But no, what else would they do? Have big, huge... Wagons full of limbs and then drive them 20 miles? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) No. Because he didn't go... I was like, wow, it's really close to the building. Like, it's... Because, you know, he walked, what, five steps up the thing? No, he walked clear down the path. Clear down the thing. I was watching how many blood trails there were, how many dots there were. No, they walked all the way up that one panel thing and then all the way down the other Yeah, but it was, like, like, right next to the building. It doesn't really matter. It's a very superfluous detail. But it, it was a thing where I was like, what's going on here? Like, I don't... I mean, I know what they are. Oh, <laughs> so, but, um, yeah. It just seemed like too close to the building. I don't know. Um, but the other things were um, you're very modern. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, the other thing that, like, that's a good question. What do they do with them now? Burn them in a. They have a an incinerator in the actually in the hospitals in the basement. They always you know do. this for a fact. Yeah, they do in England. I've seen it on medical programs. They have like an incinerator to get rid of. I've never heard of that. Especially, uh, like, people who are diseased or whatever, they get rid of them properly. In a regular hospital? Yep. I don't think our hospitals here have anything like that. I'd have to look into it. They have Interesting. 
in the morgue department or whatever that department is. They love it there. They have a big incinerator. They throw, like, you know, toxic or diseased right. bodies in there. Because huh. you, you don't want, like, a somebody with some... Somebody died of something that's hor- horribly contagious. But I don't think that's up to the hospital to do here. Right. They do in England, that's for sure. Right. I have to um, look into it, though. Because maybe there are hidden burning chambers underneath our hospitals. Well, but not to be negative on this film, um, because I, I liked it, and it did... I, I don't feel like it taught me anything, apart from some minor details of Abraham Lincoln's life that might not be true anyway, because it is a um, screenplay. It, it is a movie, right? It's not his real life. <laughs> we, we only can assume. Sure. So... I understand the man a bit more from the performance, I think. But the points that are raised, I knew about, right? Yeah, but I I learned loads. Like, I don't... I didn't... I, I never No, seen I'm like... saying this on a positive note. What it inspired me to do is read our research on the internet about the man and more of the details to fill in some stuff. Because obviously this covers four months of a man's life. The very tail end of his life to to be precise the most important part of his life um, not necessarily but but pos- the the bit that he's remembered for right but i would like to know more about him like more of it so so, focused, so it's a good movie you're like. focused on it's just about him yes and i'm not i think of it as a slice of american history or world history because I, mean, I mean another country abolishing slavery has an impact on the whole world no matter what country it is and the process that democracy had, and even then was only 100 years old, it is a whole different beast than what we... So we're all removed from it. Actual democracy in action, right? In the rooms where they make votes and they pass things and they discuss shit. Well, you see that, right? I don't see it. I mean, I don't watch C-SPAN or anything, and you don't always see all the behind the scenes. You just don't unless you make a huge effort. And you obviously can't see it from that time period. Less of an effort than it used to be then. So the idea of the room full of men, it's smoky, it's and they're boisterous and loud the way your parliament is now. Yeah, right now. Our thing is not see, that, that way. You know when when the people said, some one of the actors said in the extra... Like, oh, oh my God, they're I, yelling. Re- I didn't realize they talked to each other with such disrespect. And I was like, well, no, that's what our politics is about. Like, and ours it's about isn't, yelling at And ours other. isn't. I mean, they do have their controlled... Um, sort of bites at each other. If you do listen, sometimes you yeah, like in a in a civilized. But they don't yell and clap and holler that I'm aware of. I mean, so that is an interesting perspective on how we've kind of what do you call it when you like sanitize things? Like now, when you see a bunch of people in their suits and ties, and they might grimace or. They act like children, really, these days. They'll stand up and put their heads down to make a statement, or they'll all lay their heads on their desks. I mean, weird shit like that. But you don't think of them as, in this movie, they're like yelling and calling each other names. And it's really like, if you've ever seen any car- comic strips and news stories from the- those days. It's like cutthroat. It is it's very like tabloid. People say whatever to get yeah, and it's very dramatic. to hurt the other one. Well, you know, to, like, influence someone else to think about that person, I would It's, it's like our... Po- if you what If you... You can watch it. Just go online and watch the Houses of Parliament from Britain. Just right. watch any session of the Houses of Parliament. It's basically people yelling at each other. They get rude. They get... 
personal. The Speaker of the House has to calm it down a lot. You know, it, it's come to blows in the past. It's it's pretty rough. Like it is, you know, because it's a place where people can express their opinions, and opinions are going to get heated, right? And they don't put a censor on that. They <laughs> they say go at it. You know, you've got a side. You've got a side. You know, as long what if that influences people really? Like, if you come in that room with your mind set on a thing, and then some guy gets up and starts yelling, and the other guy yells at each other, do you go, "Oh yeah, I'm changing my mind to that guy's point of view"? Like, I wonder if that it happened. could, couldn't it? Because you could hear something that you went, you suddenly go, "Oh, I never thought of that." Side or see of the that. passion behind a thing that you right. just thought was nothing, or like with this issue. And I liked in this movie when it comes down to everybody having to vote. For the uh, bill, uh, the amendment to the constitution. <laughs> yes, I have to think. In, we have a I have to think in American terms rather than you know. What do you bills. have? We have bills, and you, you know, don't have a constitution. We don't have a constitution now. So it's a lawless country over there. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, so yeah, I liked how when it comes to the vote, I thought that scene was really powerful. Of you know, some people didn't say anything. They had to say yay or nay to vote. And I could see on some of these actors' faces, without them saying anything, like, what, what, is, what are you going to vote? And they sit there and look at the guy, and every single thing on their face is like, wow, that guy's scared of saying it. Yep. Or he's been bullied into keeping his mouth shut. Or he's absolute one hundred percent. Absolutely, he do, yeah. he does not want black people. Or he's anywhere it's near like, his... why would you even ask me? Of right. course, I'm going right. to say so, yes. Of and course, I could I'm tell. Say no. I could tell what each one, without them saying anything. You know, you could see the ones that were terrified. You could see the ones that were. I'm not saying this because the rest of the my colleagues won't agree. Or you know, yep, yep. I love that. I thought that was really good. It didn't need filling in. I was just like, oh wow. You know when it, when they abstain. Yep. I could I fully understood why they were abstaining. Some of them, you know, you could see some in some of them were intimidated by somebody else who they look over at. It was really cool. I, I liked how that went. It obviously went like that, right? I mean, it still goes like that. You still yeah. have. I mean, maybe not as. Well. You know what do you call that? Like. Um, I wouldn't say that because we have things that come up like abortion and uh, same-sex marriage and things that are extremely politically and you know hot spots that are actual human condition things that every rational human being should say that makes sense for the betterment of all of humanity. Instead of going, well, I don't believe necessarily that that's a good idea because I don't believe in and that. And you know, My people in politics can't say exactly, exactly what they want to say because they've got a whole bunch of people they represent. Exactly. Or, you know. But then in this, it shows you there are people, and there still are people, who have exactly what they believe, what they think, and what they will stand behind no matter what. Yeah, that one guy who went, Yes, yeah, and he had already, you know, that guy was real. I like that one. I have to look up him some more. I want to look them up, too, like you said. Not that that's a sign of a good movie, because you shouldn't have to go later and look up more, but it tickles your thing about history. I'm telling you, that's what this movie made me want to do. Now, you could say, well, that's bad, because it didn't give you enough detail. You want more detail. No. This covers a small section of the guy's life. Yeah, and you only have so much time. There's a bunch more to know, right? Um... And Steven Spielberg purposely chose to cover a small period instead of going the normal biopic of, here's the birth of yeah. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Born in a log cabin. 
Right. So. Did you know that part? Born in a log cabin. I did know that part. <laughs> I don't know how or why, but I did. Shall we just explain to people what you didn't know, which is boggling my mind? Because And then you throw in my face, oh, well, you don't know everything about British history. I don't think this is an American history tidbit, really. Uh, I did know he was assassinated, obviously, right? I didn't know where. I thought it was in a parade. And I was not getting it mixed up with JFK because I've seen that footage a billion times. I thought it was some kind of parade with balloons and I don't know what it what was going... Why I see balloons with Abraham Lincoln, I don't know. Red, white and blue balloons, an assassination attempt. But obviously it's not that. It's in a theatre. I had no idea it was in a theatre. You know who killed him? Yeah, I do know who killed him, John Wilkes Booth. And I always have had that name in my head. I know that... Um. But the details uh, eluded me. And they don't cover the It's not details, plural. It's one detail. Right, and the detail <laughs> in this uh, in this movie, like you say, if you're going into this movie to go, oh, this is going to be a cool movie with an assassination scene and all that. But don't tell them. Well, yeah, because it, it's part of the movie. Um, Here is a spoiler alert. Right. Well, no, because I wasn't going to go fully into it. Well, what I was saying is it's not JFK, the movie. It's... Not about the assassination. That's a very... It's about the... um, Changing the amount... I didn't even think it... I didn't even think it would be about the assassination at all. Like, I didn't even cross my mind. I mean, I I, knew it would have to occur because... I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I was not... I wasn't... I was open-minded. Like, if you're telling me the story of this person's life and everyone on the planet already knows the ending except for children who haven't learned it and other people who haven't ever got a little tiny glimpse of... Western history. That detail, while important to our country's history, is not important to this part of the story at all. It's it's irrelevant to getting the 13th Amendment passed. It's irrelevant to the Civil War. It's irrelevant to any other political thing he's accomplished up to this date when the 13th Amendment passes. The subsequent thing of Reconstruction, which is what is you know happened after the war, da, 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 da. then it was like instead of it having an impact on all of this, unfortunately, it just cut him short and anything he would have done in the future. So I could, I would totally accept not even getting to that date. I would be fine with that. But it does, and mm-hmm. but but in a respectful way, I thought. So let's go on. Very respectful. Let's go on to the cast here. Daniel Day Lewis plays Abraham Lincoln, um, Oscar winner. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Daniel did he Day-Lewis. Win for this? Yeah, he won for this, right? Yes, he did. It says it on the box. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember him going up to get it. It says two winners. Oh, yeah. Two Academy Award winners. Best actor, Daniel Day Lewis, 2012. What won. else did it win? It doesn't tell you what the other one was. Uh, it's Tommy Lee Jones. Was it? Yes. <laughs> it's been so long since we watched the Academy Awards. <laughs> so, um, Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, uh, do we really need to say he's fantastic? Yeah, he's not overrated. I heard people. I've heard people say, "Oh, he's overrated. He's overrated." He's not overrated. No. Um, you know, there will be blood. Um, another fantastic performance where you don't see Daniel Day Lewis anymore after he to the opening scene. You, you you believe he's Daniel Plainview who he plays in that movie and in this movie Gangs of New York I was thinking back on that as well I was watching this a little thinking about him and I'm like My left foot He, I've never seen that but um I mean he loses himself in the character and there's not a ton of actors who do that I don't think not fully like 
I see Abraham Lincoln in this movie. I, you know, it's such a he's lost weight. He's got this makeup on to make him obviously look a bit more like Abraham Lincoln. But even the voice coming out of the man is not Daniel Day Lewis's voice. The whole thing is like it's transformation completely. And as they say on the extras, it is a method. He's a method acting kind of dude. He takes on the character. Well, I think they don't like to call it that, but that's what we all know it as. Yeah, he takes on the character fully. He, he walks in when he first came in to meet Steven Spielberg to come to film. He was already in the character, and he never stopped in any interaction. Steven Spielberg never saw him out of character until the final day of the movie, right? After even, it was even done. so, well, maybe they didn't socialize, but even when they're not filming, he was still Abraham right. Lincoln. Which is a hard thing to pull off, I imagine, like to keep doing it, like all the time. I don't know if it's hard. I think that's his. I mean, it would help. Thing. And we saw on the Oscars when he went to get his uh, Oscar, uh, uh, he said sorry to his wife for, for having to live with these weird men. <laughs> yeah. Like Daniel Plainview and this guy and like, all these different men. Imagine the There Will Be Blood guy. Yeah, that man would be hard to live with, right? That man I'd be like, honey. <laughs> that man's crazy. You're very rich, so uh, I'm going to go live in the other mansion <laughs> that we own and you can live here with your character for the next six months. And and drink then- your milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, There Will Be Blood is so good. We should watch it again. We definitely should. Um, Sally Field plays Mary Todd Lincoln. Sally Field is fantastic, right? Um, she has moments that you're just like, oh. She's fantastic in this, but I've always liked her. And I've never thought of her as like a serious actress for some reason. I mean, she was in a lot. What I saw her in... Smoking the Bandit. ...was Burt Reynolds films, right? Back in the day. So that's what, how I would have this memory of her. So you've never seen Norma Ray. No. Okay. That's a serious one. So all the ones I think of her in are like cheeky 70s, 80s movies. But I've always loved her. Like, because she, she's always been really fun to watch. And in this, it's like a totally different um, version of her for me. Which is... Country. She was a lot like this lady. The movie Country. Where they were like poor... Um, farmers. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen her in a serious role. Right, and see, that was a very heart, like a heart wrenching one. A piano, I think she was. I didn't ever saw a piano, but I think she was also very serious and kind of a broken lady. So I have moments where I'm watching her, and she doesn't disappear from me because I'm thinking Sally Field. That's Sally Field. I'm not thinking it consciously, but she doesn't disappear from me. Except in this movie, there were a couple of moments. When she, like, melted into this woman who she... You don't know what's in her mind. But she seems like a very compassionate the, lady. And I've seen her in lots of interviews the over two the two standout scenes for her, for me, were the one where she was addressing the dudes in the when she's in a big gown. And <laughs> yes. she's telling them... Oh, yes. That she's was putting them in the place, basically. Look, this is who I am. Eloquently. This is who I am, and this is how you... Deal yeah. with me. Not only is this Not- how I am, I understand that you think less of me. Right. And I'm going to make it very clear to you. Because I'm not the president. And I'm not part of this right. thing. But and then you the other are scene- also unimportant. Like, I just love that. And then the other scene was when he was when she was dealing with her husband. Um, obviously, it's the scene that the Oscars kept showing. Like, that's where she's... The yelling one? That didn't really think that was that outstanding. I mean, it was she was very emotional, but it wasn't the same to me. Because in those moments... I'm looking at Sally Field being really dramatic. It was those more subtle moments. Like with the son, when the when the older son comes home and she's grabbing his face, then she's lost to me again. She's melted into Mary Lincoln. And I just think, yeah, she deserves a lot of credit for her. 
she's been around a long time. We got David Strathern as uh, William Seward. He's um, you'll know him from like the Bond movies. He's, he's in those. He, um, he was in that really good one with the dog that ran away. Remember? Dog that ran away. It was Year of the Dog. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> she wishes they ran away. Um, good movie, by the way. No, the one with um, a dog. Speakeasy. No, it wasn't Speakeasy. No, the dog ran away. Um, it was him. I do know which one you mean. Was it Speakeasy? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was Speakeasy. Yeah, um, but he is. Uh, you'll know. It. Bond movies is what I think of. He was one of the handlers on the Bond movie. Um, he's really good in this. William Seward. Uh, jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Robert Lincoln. Um, you'll have seen him recently as Robin. <laughs> Well, you also would have seen him on Third Rock from the Sun for many years. Yeah, uh, or um, what else is he in? The one you really like that he was in. Inception. Inception, but the other one um, was uh, in on a heist, on a bank robbery thing with those people. Oh, that was really good. The Lookout. The Lookout, yeah. Yeah, that was really good, yeah. So, yeah, and I think he did well here, too. Because he had to, you know, he's a complicated character. You know, he's, he's the son of the president. And he's got his own issues yep. to deal with. I think they were kind of one of those superly, super dysfunctional families. Seemed that way to me, just looking at it from this, this movie. Yeah, super driven father with his own, I think, depression has been established. And the relationship, in fact, it was, you know... The dead, they've had a son who's died. Remember when he came, you know, when he came home and he popped his head in the door and said, Hi, Dad, like, um... And he and used it, to shake his hand and... But then it was like a... Okay, go away now. I'm busy. And you can imagine that's how his whole life has been. Yeah, like very small amounts of attention. But now, since the middle son died... Right. I'm assuming that's what, because the middle son was 11, they mentioned the the dead son, unfortunately. That's what racks her with a lot of pain still. And then you've got the younger son, with whom he now, as as you imagine in real life, people will do. He's now sort of like savoring moments with this young son. Whereas yeah, you think the, yeah. I got the glimmer of the older son never had those moments. No. Because Abraham Lincoln would have been trying to get to be the president, right? So he would have been even more distracted, more busy, more out of the family loop. So I thought it was portrayed really well. Like you can infer all that stuff from the moments. Of I definitely got dysfunctional family out of it all. Um, James Spader plays W.M. Bilbo. You obviously didn't know who he was, but he's a real, it's a real flamboyant kind of interesting character. You he's know? a very boisterous, um, the kind of guy that would go around and... He actually looked like one of the guys from Deadwood, the way he Absolutely. dressed. That, that kind of um, colourful waistcoat and the, you know, like one of the guys who'd be in the gambling hall in um, Deadwood. Like, it, like if he did this to him, that dust would come out of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, and then he smells really bad and he needs to go have a bath. And, and then the another amazing performance is Tommy Lee Jones as Thaddeus Stevens. It's fantastic. I mean, he had so... His moments were like the moments, like the feel-good moments in the movie for me. When he stood up you and... well up and... Yeah, and just, you know, when, he, when they were actually voting and he's just sat there in silence, just letting it all happen around him. And you can feel it on him, like it. You know, I thought it was really good. And obviously, at the end, where he, I think that again, Tommy Lee Jones doesn't melt into the people for me necessarily because I'm consciously front of my mind. I'm watching Tommy Lee Jones, and he has a lot of similar behaviors with most of his character. A lot of his different characters. Uh, well, even Men in Black, he's sort of the stern, sort of, <laughs> you know, blah, 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 but. 
And I didn't know anything about his character either. So I didn't realize until later when he said or someone said to him, you know, 30 years of your career. Or he even said it. You he know, said it. That he'd been trying to. Working on it for that. The, basically human rights or civil rights at that time, even for 30 years of his life. I didn't realize that fully until he said it. But throughout it, I was a little shady. Actually, I wasn't clear on his position 100%. I did because feel he that, doesn't like Lincoln. Like, he makes it kind of right. clear. And I'm not sure what he's going to say. But what happens is they make him, and he does it in a way where he's actually thought through it all so carefully that what he's also doing what Lincoln is doing. He's that kind of thinker. I'm going to think beyond this minute in, in the moment time when he has to say the thing that kind of is a letdown for all the supporters of the amendment. That he knows the the next. It's like playing yeah. chess. He knows two exactly. moves ahead. Exactly. Like. He knows. Yeah, exactly. And that was like a, that moment in the just the hallway there off to the side was one of those brilliant moments. And what I got from him was, without knowing much about that character at all, was this is the most important thing in this guy's life. Yep. He's like sat on the sidelines for a long time, just waiting for an opportunity. This is this is the opportunity. If he doesn't do it now, he's never going to do it. And. We find out some and what else, thing yeah. later about him that it's right. You don't know more, what be his motivation. That's way more important. Yeah, it's way more important once you find out why. You don't know. That's the thing about him and the way they he portrays him is you don't know the backstory of him. You don't know his life story. Um, you've kind of got an understanding of Lincoln's life now and where he's coming from, and you get this gist that yes, as as a thing in life that slavery. Offends Lincoln and always has his sense, you know, his sense of fairness for humans or whatever, roughly. But given another issue in another time, you know, you would think he might attach himself to that too, like because he's a philosopher or whatever, and you get the whole picture. Whereas with this guy, this Thaddeus Stevens, you don't know anything. You don't know why he's acting the way he is. Um, I didn't know till later in the thing, even in the extras, I didn't even realize he would have been one of the opponents inside of politics that could have been against Lincoln in a presidential election. So here you've got a rival. Plus and, you can tell that he does yeah, not there's like a, it. Yeah, there's like a kicking and screaming thing going on. But in the end, yeah, he... I thought he did really well. Uh, John Hawks, uh, who we've seen recently in... Um, what did we see him in recently? We saw him in the, the movie with Helen Hunt. Oh, it's about Mark somebody. <laughs> yeah, a biopic. Oh, what was it? Oh, shit. We saw it about three weeks ago. The guy, the poet, Mark Diaz or something. Um, and we saw him in, uh, we saw him in, um, you know, all those movies. Deadwood, again. Deadwood, yeah. So, yeah, I said to you, he seems like he is from Abraham Lincoln's time. Just physically looking at him. Oh, all- Mary, Marcy, Marthy, Marion. Yeah. Whatever. Marcy, May, Marlene. Um, he's always exceptional, I think, in everything. And this, he's not got a lot to do. It's pretty brief. But he brings a, a quality with him that... I never do not buy him as that old... Exactly. Ca- a character from the old-timey Or days. now, the one with the... Oh, what was the name of it? Sessions. The Sessions. The Sessions. Another Oscar-nominated movie. Uh, and then I put down, finally... Oscar-nominated actor. Jackie Earl Haley as uh, Alexander Stevens. He was up against... What's his face? Helen Hunt. No, he was again. <laughs> if you he was to... up against Helen Hunt. <laughs> well, she was up against him. Yeah. Uh, he was against. What's his face for best actor? Yeah. Tommy. What's his face? One. No. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Um, 
so Eric Jackie Earl Haley plays Alexander Stevens and he played Rorschach in Watchmen mm-hmm. plus many oh, plus Freddy Krueger in the new Freddy Krueger um, remake that we watched what I thought about him was and I was thinking well, he's not going to have much to say or anything and ultimately he doesn't have a lot to say however I got a full if whether this is the truth or not the vibe I got from that character he was playing because those three dudes they came from the confederate government southern well they didn't consider themselves confederate but well, I guess they did but the one guy was really, really, really against any kind of surrender or any kind of compromise right. whatsoever. And the other guy didn't really say much. And this guy, Rorschach, for, I don't remember his name, in the conversation they were having, I felt like he turned into the guy who was kind of like desperate to get it all over with. Uh, I kind of want to stand my ground here, but I also know that if we don't just... <laughs> get this done then and i felt like he was real and then there were moments when we were just staring at each other and they even ki- mentioned that it seemed kind of crazy to me like i think the death that's where the desperation came but not inactively not actively, not like just i'm gonna focus not like i'm gonna flip out but no like, like i think there was like it can't was figure him out like the clear thing of we are defeated i'm probably exhausted because he's he's the vice president of the Confederacy government. He, he did a like I'm, a lot I, of traveling. <laughs> and imagine I'm also everything is pummeled. We are being defeated. I You're see kicking death our all ass. around me all Absolutely. the time. Absolutely. And in this moment, I'm actually talking to the guy that I'm supposed to see as the president of the other country. But he's sort of intimidated and wants to stand his ground. I think he does a really good job. So, overall, fantastic cast and directed by Mr. Steven Spielberg. Don't need to say anything about Mr. Steven Spielberg. Every time I see a Steven Spielberg movie, and the last one we saw was War Horse before this. Fantastic. Which was also fantastic. And we said it last time, we don't really need to go into it. He makes different movies, he challenges himself, makes important movies, he makes fun movies. It, it just depends what he's feeling like. What I really like about him is, and it, it's it's cemented it when you watch the extras on any uh, Steven Spielberg movie he gives you full on like you can watch me making movies yeah like he's not like precious he's not like oh nobody watches me nobody sees Mr. Steven Spielberg making a movie no he has a documentary team who watch what he's doing are you talking about the guy from Tree of Life perhaps he, he is one of them. Uh, He's a Paul non- Thomas Anderson's one of them. Yeah. Um, to be honest, people who I'm a non-participant, except I'm going to make my movie, and my work should stand for itself. Right. And I love about Steven Spielberg that he just puts himself out there. Like this is me. This is what I think of all this, and this is how I'm making this. Yeah. The only thing I'd, I'd like to see in one of these movies, because what someone mentioned in the extras is that this movie was already in pre 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 production while they were making Munich which was many years ago because the same writer ago. guy yeah. wrote both of them and he said um, we're working on Munich and we're going to do this we're working on and this you other. can write them both what i would like to see are maybe not a diary type format a thing but a fly on the wall or camera crew or camera just in the room in the earliest days when there you just get the tiniest glimpse of Hey, we're going to meet with this lady who wrote this... Well, that was a funny detail. That he bought the movie rights to the lady's book that she wrote Before about Before she Lincoln, wrote the book. <laughs> while she was in the process of yeah. researching it. So, but I would like to see that conversation. Even a glimpse of it. Like the paperwork. The, but if I like he ever went to like the congressional archives and to see him go do it. And like the, you know, the impact it has. Or is he an 8 to 5 kind of guy? He goes into the office at 8 o'clock, does his thing, go home, you know. I'd like to see a little more. Uh, you're right. You need a little light. 
So this uh, is the four disc ultimate edition of this movie, um, and it comes with obviously four discs. Two of them are Blu-rays. One of them's a DVD. That's a that's a marketing genius right there. And one of them's a digital copy. Um, but the two main discs, the first one's the Blu-ray feature film and some bonus things. The bonus things are The Journey to Lincoln and a um, historic tapestry. I didn't understand the footprint one. Why it was called Why Footprints. I didn't understand the Lincoln's Footprints one. Why it was called that. But then on the second disc, there's four features and they last an hour in total. Um, and your question was? Really? You used a whole disc for this? One hour of stuff. <laughs> but anyway, it's quality stuff because we sat and watched the whole thing. So um, you get in the company of character, crafting the past, living with Lincoln and in Lincoln's footsteps. What it says here about in Lincoln's footsteps is explore the editing, sound design and the subtle yet poignant musical score by John Williams. So it's just so everything else. So they name else. it that so that you don't go, oh, that's about the music, I don't care. Because I'm not being rude or anything, but a lot of times I don't care about the extras that talk about the costumes and the music. Not because I don't care about costumes and music, but I think we can both attest to the fact that we've watched lots of extras. It's always the same. <laughs> it's very often. It's very few surprises. I can't tell you. The I... only time that I was ever really surprised about a costume kind of a thing in any movie was on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Right. When we discover um, that he's actually in a co- the um Dr. Hyde, uh Mr. Jekyll yeah, yeah. is actually a, a big full foam suit and not CGI. That surprised me. But the amount of times I've seen John Williams in a black <laughs> turtleneck, gray slacks, conducting an orchestra and saying saying well, we took a scene from the movie and we... Uh... Or, I didn't really know how to approach this movie because... With the da, 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 and this is how I finally did it. And I love the bass response in this arena. And I'm, yeah, I'm not being rude about people who are totally into the music or anything because I think it's vital. And the music's in the great in this movie, by the way. Absolutely. That's... It's just that when presenting the extras of those particular things... But let me put it to you like this, right? If you're John Williams and they come to you and say, we're doing an extra for the Blu-ray, we just need you to talk about your collaboration with Steven Spielberg and how you came to compose the music and we'll show some clips of you conducting, there's not much more he can do, is there, apart from say... I disagree, because we watched the extras on Social Network and that was very interesting. But that was Trent Reznor, not John Williams. But they went into his little studio area. Little by little, I mean, they just had their their, and they showed all the equipment, which was like all this weird stuff that he had, all these old pieces of equipment that he uses, and digging a little bit deeper in why scene by scene to a degree, which is you know it's different. It's always the same though. If it's John Williams or Hans Zimmer or any of the big composers for movies, that. You guarantee the extra on the Blu-ray is the same one. It's they're in the Abbey you Road the Studios or wherever they are conducting, and uh, they'll say, "Well, Stephen came to me and blah 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 blah." It's pretty much. I mean, it's not always exactly the same, but yeah. I mean, it's just not that interesting to me when it's presented that way. I it's not to me either. Um, Although on on the screen that he was watching, what was that blue thing that kept going? It was across? a it's a piracy bar, so nobody. Um, Really? On, on the really early... I early. thought it was something to do with the music no, timing, and I was like, ooh, that's musical. On the early... Sc- <laughs> on, when they give you dailies, so the studio, ah. so it doesn't get leaked. Yeah, there's this they big blue bar up. that's about three inches across that just slides across the it's movie. So and just, I thought it was a musical it. thing, so he knew when to... Da, 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 no, da. it's not that. 
Oh. It's just so nobody rips you that footage of musical bu- See, on the one thing that I thought would have been interesting on that extra, and you just ruined it. Well, I learned. Yes, you did. So, um, DVD extras, there's a bunch. It's an out- If you get the two-disc edition, you don't get none of that stuff. So if you're interested in the extras... There's not a whole bunch, let's be honest. Well, there's over an hour. and it just, It's good. Uh, yeah, it is pretty good. And I, I got more out of the movie from watching Steven Spielberg's process. I like watching Steven Spielberg. I don't know why. I always have done. I have a lot of respect for him. I think What's he's- he doing next? I do not know. And let's leave it a surprise. I don't want to know. Don't want to know. It's Jurassic Park 4. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so wish. Uh, so thanks to Disney for the Blu-ray. I I enjoyed this. I loved it. Loved it. I give it a ten. Yeah, for Daniel Day Lewis's um, portrayal, I think it is one of the almost one. Of, I, I'm not being hyperbole full of it here, because this isn't my favorite movie of all time or anything like that. But that is one hell of a performance, <laughs> like in every single way. You can't. and this is and this is us watching it after he's won, after people have already picked him apart and right. people have bigged him up this is us having all that under the belt and scrutinizing because i do that now i mean i watch really close and i'm like is this all an exaggeration um is it are we already brainwashed into thinking that he really resembles him because everyone says he really resembles him am i watching i want to watch physicality eyes. everything yeah and i just watched everything i mean i found myself looking at the hairs coming out of his chin on the sides and being like, he's, he, he, I'm feeling like way I'm his looking back at was Abraham crooked Lincoln. And the way he stands and just the whole thing. Like, yeah, that's like, not him. That's, he, yeah. He's being he got the vibe that he was a very tall man and he probably right. had arthritis and it was a time in history when he probably didn't have, doesn't move particularly fast. He didn't sleep very well. He didn't eat very well. All these things all come together. And I think that it is not an overstatement to say he's one of the great, great performers of our. He's not. Much, he's our age of our generation. Maybe a little bit older, but yeah, maybe. he's he's. It's pretty mind blowing to watch him. It's it's, you know, go and watch. There will be blood. Go and watch this, and tell me that that guy cannot do what he does. Gangs in well. New York. Yeah. My left foot. Any. Has ever done anything stupid like? No, you know, oh no, God, no, 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 no. He's not that kind of. I, How I, do you know? I, well, he not not what I've seen. He's serious, dude. He wouldn't do This Is 40, for instance. What's he doing next? This Is 40. Two. <laughs> <laughs> this is 42, like now I'm 42 yeah. years old, or This Is 40. No, This Is 42. Part two. <laughs> All right, so... I'm, I want to see This Is 47, please, before I get there. Well, you know, I do This Is 50 when they get to 50. <laughs> so, um, movie recommendations for this week. I'm going with two biopics that I really like, both by Oliver Stone for some reason, and that wasn't... For some reason. No, I mean, that wasn't... Um, I didn't plan on having two Oliver Stone movies. Number one, The Doors. It's my favourite biopic of any any that I've ever seen. It's about Jim Morrison from The Doors. Can we explain what biopic is? It's a biographical moving picture. picture. Right, so... Even though The Doors movie is called The Doors, it's mainly about Jim Morrison. Sure. Even though it obviously covers The Doors. It doesn't really cover the others. It covers Jim Morrison's uh, life. Maybe maybe Oliver Stone thinks he was the Doors. I think a lot of people do, really, don't they? You know, um, it's a really fantastic movie. It's obviously full of awesome music. It's d- depressing in some parts. It's uplifting in some parts. It's uh, you know, fuck the man kind of thing, and you know, it's got everything in it. I think it's, even if you don't like the Doors, I think you could enjoy it. You just said the F word, and I haven't said the F word. No. Woohoo! 
I am not the culprit. And my second one is uh, another Oliver Stone biopic, JFK. And I wanted to put that one down because I, w- I was thinking, is there any other movie about a president that I really love? And JFK is exceptional, I think. But it's not really about... It's not a biography. It's... No, it's not. And no. the other one was Frost Nixon. Oh, yeah, that's really Which good. is a, not a biopic either. But it's a really interesting look. A different perspective Again, on Again, like a slice. Yeah. Of a part of history, not about the whole person's life, but about this little slice of a time. And I same was as with JFK, it. unfortunately. Yeah, same as JFK. <laughs> and yeah. mine are two that are as far from Lincoln as you can get in terms of I want to watch a Hollywood movie that rubs against history, but I feel like it's not uh, bastardized. And these two are that are sort of bastardized because of elements are Titanic, which I also love. Well, you watched it but, recently. But there was no Rose in What's-His-Face. There was no love... Well, there probably was a love story going on the, somewhere on that ship. But it takes the reality of a situation and adds a whole bunch of fiction. It's like an entertainment version yeah. of it, right? That the, the, the concept being in the pitch room somewhere that somebody's like, oh, we can't tell the Titanic again. That's depressing and we all know how it ends. Hey, let's make it Romeo and Juliet and let's on make the Titanic. it uplifting. Right, well. yeah. <laughs> Let's turn this horrible tragedy into because like it, a because positive this love story. Mother, yeah. Like, it's not just a downer, is yeah. it? Yeah. So yeah. my other one is Pearl Harbor. Same Which is the same situation. thing. Let's make it. could it. have been an amazing movie. I need to see it again. I've not seen it for a long time. Told from the point of view of the reality of the people with a slight Hollywood touch, like Lincoln. Heavier or light-handed, however the truth is. But I'm not seeing the heavy-handed Hollywoodness. That's what I want from It didn't go down very well, um, Pearl True and true story. The no. movie. The movie. Right. Didn't. It didn't. People didn't. That's why. I can see what he wanted to do with it. He wanted a Titanic version of Pearl. He wanted to do. It's really disrespectful. It's like, here's the real I think event. It was, no. I, I don't care what he says. The no, real I don't, event. No, I don't know what he said. I'm, I'm saying, I think, personally, on this, it, it wasn't disrespectful as a movie. I don't Absolutely. Think. Because it was. Here's this event where real people were there, and still alive, by the way, who could tell you the story. And he consulted with a lot right. of them, if you saw But why not one. make it about them? And pick a, a, a couple who probably were there, right? Were couples there who, on the day, were, you know, uh, super traumatized. And there were he- people. heroic people. and Yeah, but based on his The Cuba Gooding Jr. guy was based on a real guy. And, uh, yeah, but that needs to be the focus, then. About the real people. Like, I, take I, the real I actually liked it. I came out of the theater liking it. But I don't know how I feel about it now, because... Um, it was very, like, ten years ago? Very of its time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it might seem... It was like, more than ten years ago. I think it might seem really cheesy. I, I feel like it's a bit cheesy. It was really cheesy then. That's I mean, but I'm so saying. is Titanic, but I really enjoy it. Yeah, but you can see my comparison. Yeah. That this is telling about a true thing in history. And Both while it has Hollywood touches and tweaks and whatnot, I feel like in the hands of Steven Spielberg, I trust him more... To present it to me in a way where it doesn't smack me in the face and go, they've just given me five fictional characters that didn't actually exist in the world of the real Lincoln. It's almost like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. I mean, it's like, that's how I think of. So those are the two movies I recommend, not because they're in the same league. They're entertaining. Because if you watch them and then watch this, you see the quality in this. Like, you feel... All the difference. Like, this isn't a Hollywoodized movie. Even though it's full of Hollywood stars. Sure, and it might be, but it's hidden to me. 
I don't think... There yeah, might have yes, been. it's a big budget movie, but it's not done... This this might be the difference. It's not exploited. I don't think I don't think Lincoln Steven Spielberg's Lincoln is done to entertain. I don't think that's its primary. It's not made to titillate, or it's made as a respectful look at a person's life. Right, more like a motion picture documentary almost. Whereas Pearl Harbor's made specifically to get to the action scenes. Right, it's made. It's made around, let's have big budget things where you can all go, wow, look at that, wow, 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 or Titanic even. Mm-hmm. I disagree with the thing about like documentary style. That's not. I don't mean documentary style. And I think Steven I mean, Spielberg would be the first one to say, I make I don't movies mean, like, to entertain handheld, people. Or, I, I know, I, but I think he would say, I make movies to entertain people, and in the process, I want to tell you a story about a man who so I I don't admire. primarily think it's made, I guess my point is entertainment as in titillation. They're two different things. Like Titanic. There's titillation and there's entertainment. Or, you know, crowd-pleasing then. Let's say crowd-pleasing. That's a good word for it because Titanic's made to please the crowd. Do you mean lowest common denominator? No, I don't mean that. I mean crowd-pleasing because Titanic's made, even though it's a horrific, horrible thing, it's made for you to root for Rose and root for Jack and be with them on that journey and love them and... Be sad and be happy. It's, it's about that, right? There's a little common denominator, though, for you to root for a couple in love. Right, and Pearl Harbor's, you know, uh, the same thing. Like, you know, there's big action sequences where you would... It's exciting, it's... You know, even though it is based on a real event, there's love stuff. Whereas Lincoln's telling a straightforward, real thing without, like you say... There's no think, flourishing, like Yeah, and you have to think a little bit, you have to pay attention, you have to be, like aware of a political process before you go into it. Not necessarily like, oh, I need to study up, but you can't, it's not low common denominator. I think you'll want to study up when you've watched it. I think so, If you're yeah. that type of person, anyway. Um, so, that's our recommendation. And what's the other type of person? Just the idiots who don't like, give a shit. Who probably fell asleep <laughs> or turned it off, right? So you're either really intelligent and this makes you want to seek out more history, or you're an idiot. <laughs> There's the type of people who would watch this film and the type who wouldn't, right? Definitely. The type who would... Let's just explain. My mother went to see it in a theater. She loved it so much, then she got someone else to go to her to a different theater in a different town. And now she was asking us, how can she buy it to keep it on her computer all the time? So she can watch it multiple times. So, um, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. Not been many games out this week, but I want to alert you on a couple of things. Real Racing 3... I'm alerted. ...on the Android um, platform is, is getting an... I've talked about it before... It's a racing game on Android. It's free. You can play it. But there's an update coming out this week which adds a load of new stuff for free. New races. New... What else does it add? Cloud saves, which is cool. So you can um, play it on one device and then play it on another. Right. So if you had a cell phone and an iPad, for instance, you could play the same game over both. That's coming out this week, I believe. Um, the second thing is, um, Amazon had a sale on Borderlands 2. I don't know if it's finished yet. If you go to Amazon and look for Borderlands 2, um, it's reduced in price for the PC. You can go to Amazon and when you buy it from Amazon, they give you a Steam key that you can unlock on Steam. That's how you can play it. Um, I talked about Battlefield 3 last week 
Um, it's not cheap anymore on Origin, but we have been playing it quite a bit this week, and it's pretty fun, the multiplayer. And lastly, there was a sale this week on a game called Dead Island, which I bought on Steam, and uh, it doesn't work. Uh-huh. Still? It doesn't work for anybody. Oh, right. So if you've ever bought a game on Steam and it not work, um, this is one of those games. that don't, don't buy this one. I mean, at the moment, it doesn't work. And I've asked like six or seven people this week who bought it and none of them can get it to work. I contacted uh, Steam's customer support and they did not email me back. Even uh, though they gave me just... a, they gave me a case number to say um we've we've got your uh, problem and then they sent me a thing back saying well we don't make that game obviously you have to go to the forum of the people who make it and they gave me the URL and I went there and the whole forum's just full of people saying, I bought this game from Steam, how do I play it? It doesn't work. So, And nobody answers anybody. So I don't know how you get support for it. I have no idea. So, What I, company made it? Deep Silver. Why can't you just contact them? I did. Through their email, and they sent me an automated email that said, go to our FAC department, and then you go to the FAC department, and there's a couple of things you can do. Edit an any file and do this. I did both things. That, Even the company tells you to yeah. edit an any file? I did oh, both shit. things that they told me and neither of them made any difference. So I don't know what the solution is unless it gets fixed and then Steam patches it. But at the moment, it does not work. So, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? What did I decide was for dinner? It's wrote down, though. Yeah, but it's not going to be that because it's going to take too long. Oh, it's burgers and stuff. Yeah, burger, fry, well, veggie burger, fries... Broccoli, and I'm going to cook me some pasta. And those veggie burgers that we talk about a lot, the Morning Star ones, we eat them quite often. If you ever wanted to try one and didn't want to go to all the trouble of going... um, We found out this week, well, it's not new, but it's new to some people. The Burger King, they've put it on their main menu now instead of it just being hidden off to the side. But if you go to Burger King and ask for, what is it called? The Veggie Delight? Veggie. BK Veggie. Or you, just will, you get a morning... I always just order Veggie Burger. It's a Morning Star Burger. Um, but McDonald's in some states also have Morning Star Burgers. Right, but all I'm saying is Burger King are advertising it as such at the moment. But it's a Morning Star Burger. If you the want to garden, try it. The Garden one. Now, nobody that I know of uses the Prime, Grilla. which is the one you like the most. Yeah, the Grill or Prime, which is more of a grilled... Like a McDonald's burger... But well, more like a Burger King burger because it's grilled. Right. It's got that little bit, bit of grilled smoky. flavor. And not smoky, but like it's hard to describe. But it is they're delicious. Like you said, you watched a YouTube video of a guy who's not a vegetarian, doesn't give a shit In about fact, vegetarianism. He, he's, he's like vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at this vegetarian. <laughs> like eats like a rib or something. But he ordered one just for variety and said that it was delicious. Like it really <laughs> tasty. The only thing he said was it was a bit salty. Could have been all the stuff they put on there. I now. think so too. There's a lot of stuff on it because they sprinkle stuff on there. So, and the thing is, when you mention veggie burgers, to people they're like, Ugh, or tofu or anything like that. Like, oh, I. And this eat. is not tofu. It's a- no, no. It's vegetable protein yeah. and vegetables all ground up, and uh, they, it has egg whites in it. So it's not vegan, but no. they do have a vegan <coughs> burger. I forget which one it is. They do have one vegan model at Morningstar. That's not the one we get. Um. But people, like, balk at it and, like, oh, I never eat a veggie burger. Or I've had people in line at Subway when I'm ordering our veggie sandwiches. One lady last week, I didn't tell you this. She was, like, because I was talking to the girl behind the counter. 
I didn't say what I just did. She, like, kind of, like, rolled her eyes and silently crossed her arms. And then she was like, because I was talking to the girl behind the counter. When I ordered two veggies, she's like, are you vegetarian? I'm like, yeah, my husband and I are vegetarian. We're not vegan or anything. Oh, that's awesome. I could never be vegetarian. <laughs> my dad, he barbecues. And now she's making a sandwich. She's like, my dad barbecues every Sunday. Oh, Sundays would be really hard <laughs> to be vegetarian. And the lady behind me was just like... And I was saying, like, when I look in your case and I see those little chunks of what looks like fake chicken. I mean, it's chicken. It's got stuff all over it. But it's in cubes. I'm like, I always wish that was, like, marinated, roasted pieces of tofu to put on the sandwiches. That would be so awesome. She's like, I know. That would be so awesome. And the lady was just, like, squirming. It's funny that somebody wouldn't. I think some places they do. Right. It's just that we're in the middle. And we even discussed that, too. But the lady, it was like she was offended and it wasn't like, the girl wasn't going slow, and I was always, she was almost, she was halfway done by the time the lady even came in. So it took like maybe one more minute, maybe a minute and a half. So it wasn't like we were slow. It was the topic, and I get, you get that a lot from people. From waiters and waitresses and clerks and stores. Oh, of course. People. And I just say, and I could feel the vibe off this lady, and I was saying to the girl, I sort of added this in the conversation. I said, it's so funny, because people think... When you're saying, oh, how good tofu is and how good veggie burgers are and I love my, you know, I'm vegetarian, so whatever. That you, I just want to say to them, like, just because you eat tofu sometimes doesn't mean you don't stop eating hamburgers. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me that that's the threat. <gasps> like, I can only have tofu or I can only have my dead hog on my plate. I mean, it's like, no, you can have it. You can mix tofu with your bacon if you want. I don't give a shit. But try it. You know, like... I just think that's a funny reaction that people have. So that's what we're having. Veggie burger. <laughs> and let me just Stop. let me give my weekly Facebook alert. This is another thing. You know, the other week when I was talking about don't post these things on Facebook. Don't post this on Facebook, okay? If you're out there, whoever you are. Uh, pictures of your child with a dead animal saying how, how proud you are of them for killing an animal. Um, I'm not interested in those pictures. Thank you very much. Don't tell people what to do. But I do understand what you're saying. Yeah. Well, post them, but I will not. I will block them. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be pushing the like button. No. If there was a button that's like, you repulse me as a parent, then that would be your button you would push. Yes. And we're talking about turkey hunting season. So. Oh, whatever it is. Holding or deer hunting. A, like a, a like dead a, fish. Or like a f- and we're not, you know, the thing, people can get the impression that we're like animal rights activists. But you know what happens to you after you stop eating meat for a while, and then you start just... Looking, I mean, I was raised in the cattle family, two stockyards, and you had beef in the fr- with that. I ate meat my whole life, so I don't it's care. Like what your you cousin meat. owns a oh, yeah, they have a meat processing yeah. place, a uh, smokehouse. I don't care that anybody else does it, but for your own self, once you start paying attention, you get a little distance from it, and then you start looking at what it seems like sometimes the vulgarity of it. That the it, the insult to injury of like we watched a cooking show, Master Chef, the other night, and they were cooking pork inside of duck fat and then serving it with some, like, bacon. Oh, I can't remember what else. There was, like, three things involved with meat stuff on top of meat and meat. And you just think, oh, really? Like, I know it tastes good. I'm, I can't argue with that. Holy shit. I mean, bacon tastes great and pork chops taste great and hamburgers like taste great. That's, um, the, that's an actual lines from um, Pulp Fiction. What? Well, you just said pork chops taste, pork chops taste good. It's a... Um, <laughs> I didn't say that. I said pork chops tastes great. It's, Hamburgers it's almost, taste good. It's almost it. It's um, John Travolta says it. When he's <laughs> in the... Well, I, I'm not emulating anyone from a movie. I'm just saying my own thing. Um, but you can keep, keep eating what you want. But 
maybe get a box of, when they're on sale, because they're a little pricey, uh, grab a box of the veggie burgers, pop them in the oven, have a hamburger on standby just in case it disgusts you. But and you want to eat some cow? I'm saying if you want to pick one up, you're out and about, and you yeah. normally get Burger King, well, try that. See what it's like. It's got less cholesterol and all that kind of thing. Try it. Might like it. And he said how flavorful it is and stuff. I mean, it's, it's not about, like, replacing anything. It's about... Try it. Have an adventure. You might try enjoy something. it. And you, it might be your favorite thing. I, I always say that about things. Yeah, thing, you food. never know your favorite I'll food just try until all you of tried it. it. Try all of it. I might hate some of it. You know, I know what I like and I don't like, but when you get something new... I'm not going to go, oh, I'm not trying that because that looks gross. I'll try it and then go, yeah, that's gross. Like, yeah, let's go a little further. You even retry things you know you don't like. Yes, which because is I think my palate might change. So, like, <laughs> like, what is it that I don't like that I've tried every time and say to you, oh, I'm going to try this again. And then I go, no, it's awful. <laughs> I don't remember, but there's a few of those. Because yeah. I always think, well, maybe I do like it now. And I make stuff. I know you're not going to like it or want it or eat it. And I'll put it on my plate. And they're like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, it's this. Oh, why didn't I get it? I'm like, you don't like it. But then and I'll then try like, it. I don't like it. No. Then you try it and you go, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I don't like but it. But I say try everything <laughs> at least once. There was something recently that you really didn't like. I forget what it was, but it was funny. All right. So uh, what's your advice for this week before we wrap up here? Think beyond yourself. You know, sometimes think beyond yourself. Okay, is that it? uh, Yeah, I mean, apply it to any situation. Just think beyond your own self. All right, so take Sid Talk's advice and think beyond yourself. (laughs) All right, thank you for listening. Did Um, we not do the movie game? We didn't do the movie game. Why? Because it's not on there? I don't see it on there. It's right there, there's a whole thing. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at, but I don't see the movie game on it. That's why I didn't do it. Ah. Let's do it now. Why just down there. Just cut off. All right, block. movie. Uh, let's do it right before we end. <laughs> it's in a weird place, but who cares? <laughs> you also didn't announce next week's movie. Next, why was that? Next week's movie is This Is Forty, <laughs> uh, and the movie game is movie year where we try and guess, and you can play along at home. And mine is The Doors. <laughs> I'm going to say I saw it theatrically. The night it came out. But not with you. 1992. <laughs> Close. 1991. We're always <laughs> one year old. Um, you know what's really funny? The Doors and JFK came out the same year. Both Oliver Stone movies. Wow. I was thinking back because I watched it on videotape for the first time with my nephew in a house where I lived in a particular... I move a lot. I've moved a lot in my life. So in this particular time frame, I can remember living in a particular house, sitting with my nephew, watching it. It was... After that event and before that event, so I knew it was in that time frame. Okay. But you're always wrong by... Uh, oh, not always. And what's, what is the... Uh, bad taste. Bad taste. This is Peter Jackson's first foray into gory, bloody horribleness, right? 1989. Is that your final answer? Yes. No. 1987. Well, it's pretty close. Close. But not right. I knew it was the 80s. <laughs> I knew it was still back in the 80s. All right, so um, that's our movie game for this week. And um, thanks for listening to the show. I'm going to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitout.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or the Xbox There's Live. There's no Zoom Marketplace. There still is a Zoom Marketplace. It, it, this, the PC software is still called Zoom. They never mm-hmm. changed it. So, yes, you can. 
on the PC. Or you can go to um, Xbox Live and you can find us in their podcast app. You can also email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyacom Don't email Sid Talk. If you want to win a Blu-ray, we have a few, a few different contests up this week. Go and check out the website. Click on the word contest. There's at least three running at the moment. One of them's to win the Sweeney, which we'll be reviewing in a couple of weeks. And Sid Talk's got something to say. I think when your contest should be, or no, 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 you could go, you could send me an email if you buy a veggie burger and you want to tell me something about it. It's not a contest. You don't win. No contest. You win absolutely nothing except I will read your email and potentially reply. Nice. So, <laughs> so it'd be so worth doing that then. <laughs> it's worth all the trouble of going somewhere and buying the burger and eating it or cooking it and eating it and then going on your email and no win nothing. Email. <laughs> so, um, stay classy, Mr. Daniel Day Lewis. Um, no and shit. Have you anything to say? Uh, think for yourself, because if you don't, somebody's gonna do it for you.